0: Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The Word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. Thank you, Jesus. me with these chairs here because all throughout the week, the Lord just kept giving me a picture of what it looks like for many of his people to be sleeping when they should be awake. And this series that I'm going to be preaching for the next couple of weeks is really geared towards awakening some things in us that the Lord wants to be awakened. And I just kept seeing Uh, This image of us laying down, sleeping, and maybe you are familiar with this posture. When that alarm clock hits, it starts to ring, and I think the devil created the snooze button. And So what ends up happening is you open your eyes for a quick second, you look at the time. Even though you set the alarm, you know what time it is. But you still have to look at it just, just in case. You look at it, and you hit the snooze button, and you go back to sleep. And then that snooze button gives you maybe another five to ten minutes, and it rings again. You open your eyes, and you know, you know it's five to ten minutes later, but you still have to look at the time. You look at the time. Oh, hit the, hit the snooze button. And the Lord is showing me that there's a lot of people that are snoozing, snoozing and and there's an alarm being rung there's an alarm being rung but people are sleeping on their purpose they're sleeping on their calling they're sleeping on what i've called them to be they're asleep and the lord is saying to us i want you to get up i don't want and it's it's one thing to open your eyes it's another thing to actually get up have you been in bed and you're actually in bed for like a whole hour before you get up. You're on your phone, in bed, scrolling, but you haven't gotten up. You're tossing and turning, you're wallowing, but you haven't gotten up. And this is the picture the Lord is saying, I don't want you to take this posture anymore. No, you're snoozing. And he's calling us right now to stop hitting the snooze button. He's calling us to no longer use that snooze button because, as the saying goes, you snooze, you what? And there's a lot of people that are losing. A lot of people that are losing because they're snoozing. But that's going to end this month in Jesus' name. No more snoozing. God is awakening us to something very, very powerful in this season. I want to start off with a scripture found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 to 14. I wasn't going to read all of this, but I think the Lord really wants me to go deeper into this, so I will. Ephesians 5, 8 to 14. It says, for you were once darkness. Imagine that. <laughs> That's a very strong statement. Notice it didn't say you were once living in darkness. That would have been bad enough. Imagine God said, you know, you were once in darkness. You were once living in darkness. You were once, you know, confu- No, you were darkness. That's what you were. It's a very strong statement. But you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So what should we do? Walk as children of light. Which means you can be a child of light and not walk as a child of light. That's something that sometimes people have a hard time believing. But you can be a child of light. And not walk as a child of light. This is why we're told to do this. If it was an automatic thing, you wouldn't have to be told to do it. You were once darkness, but now you are light. Therefore, you should walk as a child of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them. That means, this is old time preaching here, but you guys are with me? That means there's certain people and certain works that people do, you should have no fellowship with. Absolutely. Remember, that, remember that series I did last year, Where's the Lie? There was one lie I didn't go into, um, and that is who you hang out with is you know, doesn't really matter who you associate with doesn't really have an impact on your own life. That's a big lie. The scripture says, be not deceived. Evil company corrupts good character. And so in this season, if you're going to awake, if you're going to arise, you have to take better inventory who you're spending time with. You cannot live as a child of light And fellowship, fellowship, that means have agreement and participate, joint participation with unfruitful works of darkness. I don't have to go and list them in detail. You know what they are. You're a spirit man. You have you. you, You're a spirit being. You have the spirit of God inside of you, and he will let you know this is unfruitful. This is darkness. This is not what I have for you. This is unfruitful. This will not take you to the place I want you to go. So it says, rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Verse 13, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. I love that. All things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, anybody got roaches in their house? You guys don't want to admit it. That's okay. So, I don't have roaches in my house. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't have roaches, but I, but I grew up in a house that had roaches. I'll be honest with you. I grew up in that kind of environment, and so you know what happens when you turn the lights on. We here. So you walk in and you don't see the roaches. You turn the light on. And it becomes a manifestation. You start to see it. The light exposes. Well, the Bible says that you are light, and everything that makes manifest is light. So, what does that mean? Your life should expose things. When you are asleep at the wheel, when you're not in a position of being awoke, what happens is, Things are happening around you and your life is not bringing exposure to it. As a child of light, your life should bring exposure to things that are hidden. And I don't just mean sinful things. I mean amazing things, opportunities that are hidden. Your life should bring revelation to it. How would you like, because you're walking in the light, you know exactly what investments to invest in. It's made manifest because you're walking in the light. Walking in the light as a child of light puts you in a position that when you walk in a room, the things that are hidden become exposed. What does revival look like? What does it look like? It looks like this, that I am now a person that is walking and exposing the things that are hidden. The things that are good about people that they are unaware of. The Lord wants you to expose that and bring it to the light. There's some people who are insecure and they doubt their abilities. They doubt who they are. They don't know what God has placed in them. But when you are a child of light and you're walking in that light, you bring exposure to that. Remember Jesus when he was coming on the scene and he spoke to, I believe it was Nathaniel who was under the tree. And he says, hey, you are one that that, that has no guile, no deceit. He exposed something about Nathaniel and he said, This is true of you. How many people around you in your life work with you, live with you, and there are things about them that they don't even know about themselves? But you are walking in darkness because you're you're asleep at what God wants you to be awoken to, and you can't bring to light the things that are hidden. Some parents, they're struggling with their kids. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to get through them. What about if you're walking in revival and you are walking in light and all of a sudden you know how to bring it out of your children? See, revival is not just being in church shouting with the tambourine all day. It's being in an environment where you can expose that which is hidden. That's what it means to walk in revival. And you may think, how do I do that? How do I walk in the spirit of revival? We'll go into that. But the first thing I want you to understand is that the scriptures is telling you, you need to awake. You need to stop hitting the snooze button. (laughs) But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise. That means get out of bed. It's not enough just to open your eyes. Get out of bed. Arise. Not just, okay, because when you are awake, what's happening is you're just becoming aware of your surroundings. But you could be aware of your surroundings, but you still haven't arose. There's a lot of people who are awake. They're aware. Yeah, I should be praying more. I should be, you know, I I should be doing this. I should be doing that. But you still haven't made the choice to get out of bed. I'm awake. My eyes are open. I see my eyes. I see my my life flashing before me. I see that God is doing this. God, is, but I I still want to stay in this bed. And you keep hitting the snooze button. That ends today in the name of Jesus. Somebody say no more hitting the snooze button. Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you like again. Awake means to be aware, to be alert. Have your eyes open. What happens when your eyes are open? You're anointed to bring light to hidden things. Purposes you can bring light to. You can bring bring light to people's callings. Think about that. Think about you being in an environment where someone is confused about what they should be doing. But because you're walking in the light, you can see in their heart. And you can say, this is what the Lord is saying to you. And bring them into purpose. And yes, even sin. How about the Lord puts a word in your heart and you're able to speak? to certain sins that people are entangled with. And it's not because they just want to be, they don't know how to get out of it. But you're walking in the light and you see their purpose and you see their calling and you see their hunger, but they're just ignorant on some things and you're saying the Lord sees you and he sees where you're struggling at. This is the answer for you. And that person that was down and condemned and feeling like, I'm so sinful, I'm so wrong, I'm so, something's so wrong with me. You're able to bring them out of darkness and, and cause them to walk in the light that they've been called to. That happens when you not only awake, but you arise. Somebody say awake, awake. and arise. Because there is a difference. I see in the spirit many of us are awake. We're aware. We know the deal. We know what's going on. But that pillow feels so good. That bed feels so good. I don't want to get up out of bed right now. I'd rather wallow in comfort. I don't want to be pushed to a place of challenge and discomfort. I don't want to be pushed to a place where I have to step into something that I don't know much about. So I'm awake. I'm aware. I'm alert. I know what's happening, but I'm in bed. And I'm okay with it. And I'm going to hit that snooze button. That ends in the name of the Lord Jesus. Is the Lord speaking to you? Let's look at this. This is going to bless you here. Genesis chapter 21. 16 to 19. Even before I go there, let me tell you something. This is what it means to be when, when you're not awake. A lot of times we're not awake because we're telling ourselves lies. See, when you're awake, you become aware and alert to the truth. But when we're not awake, we tell ourselves lies like this it's too hard. I can't live for God. As I said a couple of weeks ago, God is unfair. This just can't, this is just not for me. And you come up with excuses for why you can't do what God is calling you to do, and you blame others. You blame your parents, you blame your spouse, you blame your children, you're blaming everybody, you're blaming the devil. And the reason why you're blaming is because your eyes are closed, because you're shutting your eyes to the truth. So when the Bible's telling us to awake, to become aware, to become alert, it's telling you confront the truth. See where you are, don't make excuses. Say, Lord, where I've fallen short, I'm making a decision right now, right now, to do better in the name of Jesus. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna blame this person and that person and this person. And if this person would help me out more, and if this person was more available, and if this and and and, and if and, and if Pastor didn't do this, and if he didn't say that, and if this person was praying praying for me more, no. I got Jesus. I got the word of God. I got the angels that he is a portion to my life. I have the Holy Spirit. I have the anointing. I have what it takes to do the will of God. I will do it. This is what it means to awake. You stop making excuses for why you're not fulfilling God's plan. Glory to God. This is what it means to awake. Genesis chapter 21, look at verse 16 and 19. Then she, and this is talking about Hagar. Hagar was um, the the servant of Sarah. And um, for those who know the story, Sarah couldn't have a baby at the time, and she got impatient, even though the Lord told her, I'm going to make sure you have a baby, you and your husband, Abraham. But she got impatient, and she told Abraham, why don't you have a baby with my servant, Hagar? Hagar. Okay, And Hagar did it. She had a baby with Abraham. And then when that baby came, she despised Sarah. It's amazing. You know, lust, not that it's just lust, but when you do things in sin, sometimes it's, it's pleasurable at the moment or it seems like a good idea at the moment. And then when you see its fruit, you, become, you hate it. You despise it. There's a lot of people who they lust after things, and once they get it, they hate it. It's just amazing. It's a deception. That's why. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance, talking about her son, Ishmael, because Sarah was abusive to her. I like to say it very clearly. You know, I, I tell people all the time, because people have a hard time believing it, but the Bible is not a storybook of happy, nice stories. You know, people of God did bad things, and Sarah was abusive. Yes, Sarah. She got the slapping. Because... Because Hagar was like, yeah, you know, I got a son, and this is I got a son with your husband, and and yeah, what, you know? And she was like, oh, really? Okay. And she was beating her up. And it got so bad that she had to run from her. She ran from her with her son Ishmael. And they were in a place of no water, and she was concerned that her son was going to die. Then she went and sat down across from him, talking about her son, at a distance of about... A bow shot. For she said, to her, she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. How many people are resigning to things dying in your life? She made a conclusion. This is going, he's going to die. I just don't want to look at it. I just don't want to see it. So she put him a little bit far, far from her. He says, I don't want to see when he dies. And I believe this is a picture of how a lot of people live their lives. Their dreams are at a distance. I just don't want to see it dead. So let me just kind of like distance myself from it. Let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise! Somebody say arise. Lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. This is the verse I really, that really struck me. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She was about to die. Her, her, her son was about to die, and she was probably going to die as well. God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So not only do we have the responsibility to be awake in and of our own will and our desire to follow the plan of God, but I believe this is a holy call where you can say, Lord, open my eyes to see the wells of water. Maybe I've given up on some things and I want them to die off. Maybe I've distanced myself from some dreams and I've quietly stopped talking about it, hoping that no one brings it up to hold me accountable to it. Maybe I'm pushing it aside and acting like it doesn't exist. I I, I want you to stop that right now. I want you to rise and I want you to hear the Lord saying, I'm providing you wells of water. And I want you to begin to let that be your cry. Lord, open my eyes to see the wells of water. There are wells of water apportioned to you. There are wells of water that God wants you to drink from. That's going to restore you, refresh you, rejuvenate you. That's going to renew your hope, renew your, your desires to fulfill God's plan for your life. But that has to be your cry. That's my cry all the time. Lord, open my eyes. Can we say that? Open my eyes. Is, that is that your cry today? Yes. Lord, open my eyes. Cause me to see. I don't want to live blinded. I don't want to be blind for the rest of my life. I don't want to be hitting and missing and stumbling throughout my life. I don't want to be falling on pits and and, and holes. I don't want that, Lord. I want to see where I'm going. Open my eyes so I can see the wells of water. Open my eyes to see the sources of life that I could drink from. Open my eyes. And when you pray that out of sincerity, the Lord will begin to put wells of water before your eyes. He'll put people in your life. He'll put resources before you. He'll direct you to certain books to read. He'll cause the book of the Bible to pop. He'll cause words to pop out of the book so that you can start reading and meditate. He'll cause you to get into revelation that you can never fathom getting into yourself. Because you've had a hunger and a desire, Lord, open my eyes. Anybody want their eyes open today? Isaiah 61. Let me me just finish that verse. I said, then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin of water and gave the lad a drink. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I love that. This is a picture of the morning sun. The dawn of the day. When you think about that, why does the sunlight hit you? What does it do? What's the natural reaction to your body? It causes you to awake and to rise. That's what happens. And so the scripture is telling us, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Oh, I love that. Our release into revival is the light of Jesus shining on us. So the fact that Jesus' light is shining on you, that tells you that it is time for you to get up out of bed and allow his light to reflect off your life and start permeating your surroundings. And that happens once you stop hitting the snooze button. So fundamentally, be in the word, meditate in the word, be in worship, turn off the things that are drowning out and dousing the fire. Get into revival. Come to Tuesday night prayer. Be a worshipper. Lay hands on the sick. Stir yourself up in the Holy Ghost by praying in tongues. Get out there, move. Sometimes you just got to start moving and that's when the oil starts flowing. Are you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we're waiting for a visitation, waiting for an encounter, waiting for something cataclysmic to take place. No, God is saying to you, awake, arise, and get out of bed. Start moving. Why? Your light has come. The morning light has come. It's an indication. It's time for you to start your day. This is your day in Jesus' name. Your light has come. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Arise. It means to get up. It means to spring into action. It means to move forward. Going back to Isaiah, look at verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Oh, I love it. I'm telling you, people of God, there is tremendous light on the inside of you. Tremendous light on the inside of you. And you are in an environment of darkness. Darkness. You are in an environment of hopelessness. You may not think it, but you are. There are people that you interact with each and every day, and they are dying of hopelessness. They don't see past this day. They don't see past tomorrow. They don't believe that there's a bright future ahead. But you are lights, and you can expose them to the truth. This is what revival looks like. It's not, like I said, just being in church for 50, 50 hours a week. Service after service after service after service. No. Revival looks like this. I'm light and I am sent to manifest that which is in darkness and bring it to the lights. Glory to God. I'm there to show people the glory of God. I'm there to show people the hope of Jesus. I'm there to show people the joy of the Lord. This is what revival looks like. It starts with us killing that snooze button. You know what to do. You know who to stop talking to. You know what to stop watching. You know, you know the Holy Spirit is in you. You know where he's pushing you. I'm telling you there is glory in you. There is light in you. There is power in you. We need to stir ourselves up in the Holy Spirit. Allow God to use us in a tremendous way for this is what revival looks like. In the name of Jesus, this is what revival looks like. No more sleeping. No more. Somebody say no more. No more. To shine means to be bright. It means to be lit. Everybody want to be lit? Well, that's, the, you, you, that's that's the best Bible talk. Be lit, shine. To become light. This is what I see. I'm going to talk vision right now. This is what I see of our church. Especially as we move. By the way, this is our very last month here. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Praise God. Our very last month here. For those who may not know, we are moving to our very first exclusive space starting in July. (laughs) Amen. I'm very excited about that. I'll just kind of share some vision with you. I see us as a church really impacting that community in a very major way. I already have the green light from a, a, a major development that's literally across the street from our church to do an event that will impact 110 apartment units. Wow. Yeah, they want us to be, a to, not to be a part, to actually do it, to, do, to, to put an event together where we can have an impact that entire community. I'm really excited about that. I'll share more details, but I'm really excited about that. And that's that's a result of us praying for favor, because I didn't want just a building. I'm not I'm not interested in buildings. If I was interested in building, I'd have had a building from day one. I'm at, I'm I'm interested in reaching people. I'm interested in shining the light of Jesus. And so we begin to pray, Lord, give us favor. Give us favor with the community. Give us favor with those we need favor with. And he's been doing that. And I want to let you know what I see as a church. We're going to be released into a new community, not just to have our own little church service and, oh, this is out. No, 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 no. We're going to have a great impact where we're going. So I want you to start praying along those lines. Lord, you've called me here. You've called me to be a part of what you're doing here. What's my part? What's my part? How do I release the light of the gospel that's in me? How do I release the light of Jesus that's in me? I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the story of people being redeemed back unto you. I want to be part of that, Lord. Let that be your prayer. And then what will happen? Heavenly, the the, the the Holy Spirit will give you heavenly ideas, give you inspiration, will show you what to do, will give you words to say. Amen. As you're released into the community and we'll have different ways to do that, you're going to have You're going to hear the voice of heaven leading you to people. And it won't just be in that community. It'll be in any community that you are in. People will follow you. They will come to the brightness of your light. That's what it says. They will come to the brightness of your light. I see that happening for you right now. The brightness of your light will attract many in the name of Jesus the brightness of your light. People will be drawn to you. What is it about you? What do you have? What do you have to say? I trust you. I don't know why I trust you. I just trust you. Why? It's the brightness. It's the brightness of the light in me that makes your walls come down. That makes me at ease. That makes me want to trust you. That makes me want to talk to you. So when people say that to you, don't just say, that's just because I have a cool personality. No, it's the brightness of the light of Jesus in me. That's what you need to release. That's what you need to say over your life. My life is bright. My life is lit, and I'm being used to draw many to the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Who's excited about that? I'm very excited about that. So Jesus, our eyes are open. We're rising. The brightness of our light is attracting people to us in the name of the Lord. Now, and I didn't even plan to, you know, exhort on holiness, but let me just be very clear about this. What I want to really encourage you, especially in this season, put away that which is unclean and ungodly. Don't make excuses for it. Don't rationalize because those are the things that dim your brightness. It doesn't take the light away. It dims the light. The light is there. It'll always be there. But what you engage in day in and day out, what you be a good steward of your thoughts. Be a good, don't let your mind just be wandering everywhere. Be a good steward of you, because those are the things that douse the fire that God wants to blaze inside of you. Be a good steward of your time. Be a good steward of your relationships. Guard these things. These are the things that causes you to fan into the flame of revival. This is what I see. I see us. Growing in great passion, great purpose, moving great with great speed in the anointing. This is why the last few months I've been encouraging. How many got the book that I encourage you to get, the book on fasting? Anybody got it? Okay, got a couple of hands. I think we have a few copies left. I want to encourage you. Get it. Begin fasting because we're going somewhere, people of God. And it's going to require you to be consecrated at another level. How many want that? Amen. I want that. I want that. Lord, bring in revival. Father, we're asking for our hunger and our thirst to be so deep, so strong, that you have no choice, Lord God, to overwhelm us. We receive fresh fire in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Fresh fire is our portion. We put away that which is sinful. We put away that which is unnecessary. We put away that which is a waste of time. And Lord, we put our hearts squarely on you and what you have for us. Come on, receive that in the name of Jesus. This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.nylifechurch.com.